Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 189 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Mask Up 
with the rage against the dying of the light. And I'm sitting here with my daughter, Mazzy, and she just listened to the song. How did you feel about that song? I don't like it. <laughs> well, why don't you like it? I don't like rock. You don't like rock? What about roll? No. No? Okay. What should we play next time? Because it's like 0 for 3 now. You haven't liked them all, and that's okay. But what what do you think we could play that you would like next time? I don't know. You don't know? Um, you're very into this hamster game you're playing right now? Yeah. Yeah? Can you explain what it is? Um, so basically, I have to try to go through a maze without dying. Because if I die, I lose. Without killing your hamster, right? Yeah. Did you name your hamster? No. There's zero names. Oh, well, if you could name it, what would it be? Hammy. Hammy. I remember you used to have a hamster named Hammy. Yeah, MC Hammy. Yeah, it's a very cool hamster. Okay, well, do you know what is cool about Mask Up and this band that we just heard, even if you don't like the song? What? That it's a bunch of guys from a few different bands, and they all got together to raise money for UNICEF, which is a charity that helps kids like you. So that's cool, right? I mean, you don't get any of the charity because you're not in need, But so don't get too excited. Yes, I am. You, what do you need? Money. What do you need money for? Games. Hamster games. <laughs> for a new bunny, a new hamster. You just want a couple more rodents? Want more animals. Okay. Fair enough. You want to save the animals, right? I want a cute cat. You have four cats. No, I only have... Oh, yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your help on this one, Maz. Okay, we'll go over that again. That was Mask Up with the Rage Against the Dying of the Light. And that's from their upcoming EP, which is going to be released on Upstate Records and will be available everywhere. That song is available wherever you stream music. And uh, as I mentioned, all proceeds from the record are going to go to UNICEF. It features past and present members of bands like First Blood, Full Blown Chaos, Lionheart, and uh, who else? Sworn Enemy, to name a few. Um, a couple of guest spots on there. There, you just heard Chris from Shattered Realm and Self of the Living. Um, so anyway, if you like heavy hardcore, it's something to look out for. And uh, while this episode isn't entirely about heavy hardcore, it is about heavy music, and some of it is hardcore. And the main event here, the interview is going to be with Jim Hodge of Mastiff. They got a new record coming out called Leave Me the Ashes of the Earth, and we're going to talk all about that. So, let's get going. Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? Said, oh shit, I gotta write a rap first, don't I? He said, no, you don't gotta write a rap first. The hardcore podcast said, alright, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Kick it! Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, when they've been sitting it out, we be getting it in. Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, when they've been sitting it out, we be getting it in. Where you getting it out? Get out! All right, motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time. Rest in peace, Shay Money, and LFTW. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. So here we are. It's another episode, and uh, it's another episode that I almost forgot to fucking do because it's a holiday weekend. I'm not complaining about that, of course. It's just that I have off work tomorrow. It's a three-day weekend, so I forgot that I do the episodes on Monday. So I got to get this thing done, right? With Sunday evening, I'm going to sit down, watch some Lego programming with my family as as we like to do. We did some, <laughs> did, did some Sunday uh, morning Legos. You know, it just feels like that's, that's what it's about lately. Uh, I don't know where it came from, but it's here. All right. And I'm all right with it. I played some played some card games. It's raining. It's been raining for 17 days straight here in Pennsylvania. And that's a big time exaggeration, but uh, it might just be one. But it feels like it's been 17. It's been flooding everywhere, everywhere, except for my basement, which is fine. It's flooding. There's neighbors who've had hoses running out of their basements uh, for like a week. I'm exaggerating about that, too. But it seems like it's been that long. Philadelphia. The Vine Street Expressway, the uh, the main corridor that you drive through there, 676, is underwater and people are swimming in it. And what it really is is sewage and poo-poo. And that's disgusting. I got to do that drive on Tuesday. I hope it's cleaned up by then. I can't be driving my 2010 Hyundai Elantra through that. It might get dirty. Just another reminder that summer is over and I'm still complaining. Though I still got things to do on the weekend. Still got a busy schedule to keep and that's all right. That's good. I like that. Including this weekend. Very busy weekend. Uh, which is great. I hope you had a busy weekend too. Because what do they say about idle hands? They're something like the devil's business or whatever. You know, you know me. I'm good for sayings and reminding you of them. Reminding you of what they aren't, I should say. Um, but yeah, I've already talked for too long about nothing. So let's get to a conversation about something. I talked to Jim Hodge from the UK's Mastiff about their new record, Leave Me the Ashes of the Earth. It's coming out on E1 Music. It's pretty awesome. It's hardcore. It's sludge. It's... uh metal it's all sorts of things it's grimy it's blackened it's uh it's it's the stuff that i like all right amongst others but i like this stuff too so i want to play you a song from that record it's called midnight creeper they just put out a new video for it you should check that out immediately this whole record comes out this coming friday so uh consider this your warning all right so check out this song midnight creeper and then listen to my interview with jim
need to know a little bit about you. Who who are you? Okay. Where did you come from? How did you discover heavy music? When did you discover heavy music? Um, discovered heavy music when I was probably uh, yeah, I was eight. Uh, Back in Black came out. Yes. So that was it. Back in Black came out. Um, it was played on, you know, TV, I suppose. Um, begged and pleaded with my mum to let me have this single. Um, I was into me. I had been into music previous to that stuff, like, you know, Adam Ant. Yeah. Into that sort of stuff at school. But then this... No, get out. Go on, bugger off. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. no, no, that's fine. It's totally fine. I've got an eight-year-old who's... who's um, I got an eight-year-old, so I get interested it. in this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got... Uh, yeah, so... Uh, ACDC dropped that, and that was pretty much the the journey started then. Um, I think I bought that and the Flight of Icarus the same day. Oh, nice. Nice. So yeah. that... So you're talking... What, what year is that? 81. 19, well, it's 1980, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm giving my age away now. <laughs> well, no, you got, you got it early. So from there on, I mean, that's pretty... I mean, it's awesome. I, fuck, I'm not, not kidding. Uh, reading, currently reading an ACDC book myself because... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But it's Mark Evans. He wasn't on Back in Black, so... Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, and I'm in. I am actually in one of their videos. You are. Which, which one? Is, I was in. Um, oh God! Why did I even say that? Because I can't remember it. <laughs> Off the last album, the album before. Um, oh. it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's done to me. It'll come to yeah, me. yeah. Was it just? Is it just a live video or something? Yeah, it's the one in the round. Ah, uh, yeah, most of most of DC's videos right. are in them. <laughs> they they uh, got a they got a hell of a formula. Every, there you go. There you go. There you go. Everything's the same with them, but they still do it well. Um, yeah, they do. <laughs> that last time, amazing. The one from last year. What was that? What was that called? Yeah, uh, Power Up. Power Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, they keep they keep doing it. Um, so was was ACDC? Is ACDC how you? Did they direct you towards? Did, did you get heavier from there? I guess. Um, no, nah, probably stopped sort of around there, and then uh, Ozzy would gone solo by the time I started really listening to music. So uh, I was never a big Sabbath fan. Um, so it was that sort of you know Ozzy through the glam years yeah. and Motley Crue, and then Metallica came along, like most kids. And then, but at some point, I well, no, pre- previous to all that, I was into Heart, or I bought yeah. a Heart album, Bad Animals album, and um, a kid at school said, I'll swap it, do you want to swap it? So I was like, yeah, I'm not into it massively, I'll swap it, what you got? And he was like, I've got this album, I don't like it, it's this, this album called Raining Blood, and I was like... <laughs> I got in. I'll have a go at that, and had a go at that, and that was pretty much the moment. Yeah, musical directions were influenced ultimately, and yeah, and then Slayer came. You know, so Slayer was the 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 proper turning point. That's funny because it's Rain and Blood. I mean, 
you either love it or you it terrifies you and you never want to listen you never want to hear it again right <laughs> mum was like what on earth are you listening to but yeah it was that was pretty much it, it was, yeah and then looking at the artwork and you know peeling over that and then and then I probably went back a bit to Iron Maiden again and, and looked through you know that sort of stuff and but yeah it was it, that was pretty much it the the Slayer and then going down the thrash route do you remember the first concert you ever attended um, first metal concert or yeah, first yeah. concert First metal concert was Dio on nice. the Dream Metal Tour, um, which is 92, I believe. And I think, yeah, that was it. And then, uh, War, uh, yeah, Warlock was supporting. So, nice. That's, that's, a, that's a good one, too. It was Megadeth. It was the second one. <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a good track record, then. You, you came in. Yeah, it's not bad. It's quite a good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quite good at a little, um, yeah. There's a lot of kids that I know now, and they're like, Well, you're an old dude, you're not supposed to be doing metal. And then you go back and do the history, and they're like, You saw so and so, and you saw, well, yeah, you gotta, you know, you aren't gonna see those bands if you are older. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I started having, I'm only 36, right? So I've, I've had a bit of a crisis right now with <laughs> catching bands before they die. That's that's been my thing. Like I fucked up. I didn't see. There's so many bands I didn't go see because I thought they'll just be around next time. You know, I won't go see. I don't need to go see. I don't need to go see Motorhead right now. I don't need to go see Dio. And then they died. And so yeah. like next week, I'm finally going to see Judas Priest. They're finally going to see Priest. Like a, like I put it off forever. Like I, I had tickets. I remember one year to go see Priest with Deep Purple, and I just didn't go because I just didn't feel like it. <laughs> And now it's like I can't do it. I have to go. I, yeah, you gotta go. Halford well, I, just, I was, Halford just yeah. turned seventy the other day. There's not a lot of time left. Yeah, you know? no, there isn't. <laughs> yeah. I saw him on the painkiller tour. That was nuts. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was that was probably the moment I got into them. But anything before that, I was never really eh, whatever. But, but then he worked back with Priest. There is, you know, without being insulting to Priest, not every album in or in my eyes, not every album is a banger. Yeah, yeah. No, you, it's it's hard to tell people that you know Turbo is a great record, or you know, like they just. Yeah, I like Turbo. Oh, it's catchy. Yeah. I st- I like it all. Don't get me wrong, but if somebody, I uh, take the argument. Yeah, but then you've got you know the newer stuff. Um, uh, not not Nostradamus, wasn't it? Where they tried to do this massive, yeah, story concept, blah blah blah, and it just failed. It just fell on its ass. Just do just do good metal tracks and don't try to be clever. Well, that's what I think they're back to. But I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to see him. But, you know, I got it. Like I said, I got it. So, so, all right. The metal, like we're talking, that shit's not easy to come across, but it's easier to come across. When did you get a little deeper in, into the more grimy, into the more hardcore, the, the more extreme uh, <coughs> well, metal world? Um, I've been playing 30 years, so I've had a lot of influences off other people, you know, drummers, guitarists, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, um, probably, so the Slayer route set me off down on Thrash Avenue. Thrash Avenue set me off down, uh, I think probably one of the first bands actually, hardcore, proper hardcore bands, was, um, probably sick of it all. Nice. Um, and I don't know if I presume 
I would think Biohazard are a, a hardcore. Still, you know, certainly were a hardcore band to start with. Um, so they were quite prolific tourers of the UK at one point, mm-hmm. and we were going to go see them quite a lot. So that was, yeah, that was sort of the the introduction to it. That's great. Two two of my favorites too, um, for good reason, of course. Um, but so so you said you've been playing for several years. When did you start getting involved in making music? Um, I think my first gig was '96. So someone bet me and a bunch of pals in the in the pub. Yeah, you can, you know it turns out everyone could play an instrument apart from me. <laughs> Uh, oh, well, I'll shout. I'm good at shouting. Right. <laughs> and um, I think three months later, we were playing our first gig in a little uh, pub, uh, venue, whatever. And uh, the rest is history, I suppose. I've just, <laughs> I've never stopped playing. I think the longest I ever had out, other than the corona shit, was uh, a year um, where the musical tastes were changing of everybody so it was like uh the the caius influence had come into a lot of bands mm-hmm. and i was not i'm into it but i can't sing like that right. i am you know ultimately screaming shouting <laughs> and that don't work with that no so no it doesn't work with the, the, the band, the band changed and i couldn't and i, I don't think we didn't have the foresight to see stuff like Iron Monkey coming along mm-hmm. where, you know, you could do doom and screaming. I mean, we played with Iron Monkey, um, back originally, uh, in God knows 98, something like that. And so that was another time, you know, another moment of like, Oh, hang on a minute. You can do that shit. So, you know, well, when, do, when does Mastiff start? Massive only started about six years ago. Yeah. Um, we were in a band before that. Uh, well, our me and our drummer have been in uh, bands similar age, you know, 30 years. We've been playing in different bands and never sort of got together until about eight years ago. And then we did a, we did a thing called uh, Downfall. Uh, sorry, Blood Red Dawn, which was the lead in. Uh, that was a real hardcore, true hardcore band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our guitarist at the time fell out of love with playing guitar. And our bassist then turned to guitar. And that was where pretty much Mastiff were born. I think we did we did one gig under another moniker, which was Downfall. But when you look, when you suddenly look on, you know, all the social media sites at Downfall, there's about <laughs> 60 bands called that so yeah and the, there's i can think of one going around one touring right now under that name too uh that's, yeah, yeah that's a yeah we didn't you know you, you do you, you think uh maybe that and but then you know but then again there's probably i think there's there's certainly three mastiffs but you know we get on with one of them who are from uh well they're the, they're certainly us but i can't think what state they're from um, but we get on with them, yeah. and the other tip I think now maybe I've defunct anyway. So, yeah. well, you know, I was talking about this just just the other day. I think I don't. I I hate the way like especially hardcore bands um, 
the names are typically real real simple, right? Yeah. And, and and that's fucking fine. Whatever. It makes it real easy. But then, like, we we shouldn't be able to claim them. Like, it shouldn't be... Like, you should have to be good for that name to be taken. Like, you should have to be established and, like... Because yeah, yeah. Just because there's some other Mastiffs out there, if they're not doing really anything with it, they, then you should be able to take it from them. You know? That's, yeah. that's just the way I feel. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no disrespect to the other Mastiff, because... They are, you know, they've probably got. I don't. I would, without looking it up, but they've probably got more followers on Facebook and stuff. But it, you know, it's it is. We were. I'm not bragging. We're signed, and that's the that's <laughs> end of that argument. I don't know how that works particularly, but and you know, but I, a name's a name, right? Yeah. Well, you guys have you guys have released a decent amount of, of material over the last few years. Um, what do you think has changed about the band since you started till till leave me the ashes of the earth? Uh, uh, there's been a few lineup changes. Yeah, which ultimately is you know it has changed the influence of all the sound. Um, our bass player, old bass player, um, was a massive, um. Not tra- yeah, traditional metal. He was into Priest, Sabbath, blah, 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 which is, you know, has a massive influence on her bass sound. Whereas our new bassist, Dan, is a complete noise freak, uh, which works great for what we're recording now. Um, and they're both, both guitarists, so um, they're both from a hardcore, blackened hardcore sort of style. So that's, that's, that's the ultimate in... You know the influence. You can only go on what people listen to and what what influences you. So yeah, yeah. What what bands do you think that when when or I should say when you started Mastiff, did you know which direction you wanted to take it? Was there a certain like you said the black and hardcore thing? Were there certain bands that you heard that you thought, all right, I want to explore this style? When we we originally started, it was influenced by a lot of sludge. So it was, it was, you know, I Hate God, um, Iron Monkey, um, yeah, they're like the two top ones, probably right. most influential style. And then, again, like I say, so, you know, certain members left and it was, you know, we had a, we had a massive influence of, by uh, the UK band Conan. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it was, you know, they were a massive influence on us. And then you think, well, hang on a minute, Conan are doing Conan. What's the point in us doing Conan? And then the guitar, at that time, our guitarist left. And, you know, we started to fall back in love with each other. Our old, old guitarist returned and we got another guitarist. And that's that's pretty much where... The, the blackened hardcore sort of style came in because that's what they listen to. Yeah, yeah. So probably from about four, you know, three, three, you know, three and a half, four years ago, we started with that, with this, with this sort of style, I guess. And and you know, we, I, we without trying to figure us up, that I think that is our sound now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell, oh, we we without blowing on trumpets or anything like that because I don't I don't want to do that because I hate being like that but it's a, it, it's not 
very easy to find a style or sound for a band nowadays that that you is unique uh, you know from our point of view we're fairly we've fairly got a, a we think we've sort of got a style or sound you know to us now so yeah no i'd i'd agree and and i'd say listening to the listening to all your releases the progression has has seemed pretty natural and and gradual in a good way. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there was a big jump. We're going to do this now, you know. No, no, that's yeah. what I say. It was people coming and going, and yeah, you know, there was never. I don't think you can. If you're chasing a style, you're doing it wrong. Right. I think you've just got to find your own level. Yeah. So. Well, it sounds like you found it on on this record for sure. I mean, the the yeah. difference between your last full length. Um, sorry, I'm forgetting the name. But the difference Play. between that one and and Leave Me the Ashes of the Earth is is obvious. It's it's better, you know. And that yeah. doesn't mean that yeah. doesn't mean what you did before was bad. This is just oh, much no, no. better. No, um, so when this is was this your third full length? This is the third the third LP. Full, you know, our EP, uh, which is there. One, you know, it's not much less really, but mm-hmm. you know, you. Uh, you, you, you're done by time constraints, aren't you? Really, you judge by that nowadays. It's not really how many tracks are on it or anything like that. I think, you know, um, people like Apple and Spotify choose what it is. <laughs> of course, they do. So, they, they decide yeah. everything else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so how long? All right. So I, I feel like this is a weird, weird thing that I wasn't asking until this COVID crap but um how long ago or when did you write this record how is this record a product of a pandemic because you know it used to just no. be it used to just be oh this was this record was done in the last year and a half whatever but now it's like a lot of people like i'm sure maybe you're gonna say finished it a long time ago and then had to sit on it yeah pretty and, much yeah is that yeah. what happened here when plague was done we were lucky because when plague you know we finished that tour cycle or whatever um and we'd been writing for probably what was it 2019 so we've probably been writing six months and we're the you know our guitarists are both quite prolific writers so even though you know we've got leaving the ashes isn't coming out yet obviously but they're wanting to write stuff now because that's what they do yeah um so we've probably yeah Six months after Plague, so about, I don't know, uh, just trying to work out. We, we'd had it pretty much 80% written before the pandemic. Yeah. And then that came along and knackered us up because, you know, a lot of bands nowadays seem to write on, so, you know, computers, iPhones, whatever. Yeah. Um, we're not like that. We're, we're because we're a small city, local boys. We like to get in a room and write that way. It's traditional, you know, songwriting. And uh, <clears throat> so, um, where the hell was it going with this? Yeah. So that's that. It stops us from writing or completing the album. So we had we had the pandemic to you know sit through. We had a year, probably, no, maybe nine months off without actually physically seeing each other yeah. for nine. 
So then, uh, then our lovely government decided we could get back in a room together. It was very nice of them. Yeah, yeah that was very good of them. Um, <laughs> and then we went like the clappers to try and get it sort of finished. Uh, we'd booked studio time in September, I think. And we had to push it back twice. Yeah. So I, we'd pretty much last, yeah, last October we recorded it. Okay. So, and that's, hey, yeah. you know what? That's not that bad to record it last no, October we, and have it out September. Yeah, we were lucky time scale wise. But like, we literally finished it the day before our second lockdown kicked in. Yeah. So we were like, yeah, we were, come on, quick, quick, quick. You know, we, <laughs> we couldn't afford any more time in the studio. And that, but then again, you know, to answer another question, we were in the studio for five days. Um, whereas that's probably why this, you know, this album sounds far more polished. Um, but we don't like to work. We don't like to give ourselves an open-ended because we like the urgency on the recordings. We like that sort of, it needs, you know, it, a lot of bands record over months and it, I think you can get a bit relaxed with that. Yeah. You need, you know, we, we like to work quick. I mean, Plague was done in two days. Um, and that's recording and mixing. Whereas this one was five days and then it was sent away to James Plotkin. Who mixed or uh, mastered it? Sorry, so it's a different basis entirely. And and this was done prior to any signings. We we weren't you know signed by E1 at that point, and we were putting it out on our little old label, the APF. Um, we were a small Manchester band, uh, Manchester label, and so it was it was all done. But we we realised that our songwriting had got better, and it needed. The respect, I think, of you know, to be given a bit more time and a, you know, a bit more polishing. Well, that's cool, and I, I really like how you said the that you don't like to leave it open ended because there's so there's a part of your sound that I like that um, that I don't think would have I don't think you'd have if you were approaching it more relaxed. Maybe it would be it would be there, but maybe not as it wouldn't feel the same. And that's the the kind of anxiety about it, like yeah. Like the, yeah. you know, there's there's tension in the music where if you're just fucking doing it as you please, I don't think, I don't think you have that. Yeah. I mean, if you you would have it, but not to a degree, you know. And but it's it's Especially I like it. The style of music definitely mm-hmm. warrants that urgency or that you know um, claustrophobic feeling as well. Yeah. It just yeah just yeah it works for us so. We enjoy we enjoy doing it that way, and we like you know we don't we haven't got the money to be blowing that you know giving it right weeks and months. Yeah, of course. Well, that's that's interesting that you, that you you also said you weren't on E one yet um, because I just assume I assumed you were. When did you make that contact? Because and well, before I get into that, or I want you to answer that, but also E one is like I don't know maybe like the biggest label that's actually releasing like underground yeah. music and i've talked to quite a few bands from e1 over the years not a ton but you know uh, toxic holocaust or great american ghost or lord dying whoever else I've, I've had a bunch of them on here um uh-huh. and it's always interesting to just to, uh, that label's huge 
you know, it's a big company, yeah. but it's releasing like <laughs> really like underground music. How, and that yeah. has to yeah. bring a whole different feeling <clears throat> obligation to you. I don't think you were doing this last time around, were you? Um, well, certainly not. No, not not American reviews. I think we maybe did one. So yeah, it's no. I mean, you know, our old label boss Fieldy would tell you exactly the same. He signs bands to put them where they where no, to quote him to put them where they deserve. Whether that whether that is in the bin or whether <laughs> whether that's on a bigger label. So right. we were lucky enough that you know um, we'd recorded the album. We knew someone who worked for E1. Um, he said, just send it over. And, and when we sent it, we had no um, clue that they would want to even, you know, entertain us. Basically, we thought we'd send it away. We might get a couple of cool gigs out of it, you right. know, the support of Crowbar or something like that. And then <clears throat> two weeks later, we get this email come back saying, uh, yeah, we'd like to talk to you about signing you. And we were like, you're taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we are, yeah, no, we couldn't ever, you, you, you know, we thought, you honestly thought it was a joke. We had to check, you know, with the kid who, our contacts, and he was like, no, no, they're, they're being serious. So we were like, holy shit. Um, and that was, yeah. So it was all after the facts, really. Wow, that's very cool. That's 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 yeah. really cool, and, and it's a, you know, and it, but it's a, I've talked to a couple of people, a couple of people from bands. One, I remember one band was was from the UK as well. There was Sermon, this prog rock, like prog metal band, and uh, he was signed to Prosthetic. Oh yeah, and he had a similar thing where he just fucking sent it, based on yeah. nothing, and they said yeah, and I think it's a I think it's a good thing for people listening to to consider yeah. is fuck the contact. <laughs> Just send oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't say off once, so. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. Sorry, am I allowed to swear, by the way? Absolutely. Oh, that's, <laughs> I didn't, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, well, look, yeah so that, there's no point in, you know, bullshitting anyone. If you don't send it, they can't send it to go away. Right. <laughs> you don't need to be annoying. That's the, you don't, no, no, don't no. be annoying and fuck yourself in the future, but. Yeah, if they tell you to fuck off, you know it's that's pretty much it. Isn't it? It's uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Okay, great. Well, we'll go somewhere else. Now. You know, so we had the, we, not not that field is secondary, but we we had a backup plan that our old label was going to release it, and it was just a you know a cheeky punt in the dark, if you like. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, well, it, that's great that it worked out. Um, how much did that change anything for the band? It's it's enabled us to do stuff like like you said, like interviews with yourself. Um, it's just put us on a bigger playing field. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the without saying the M word, but the money involved in promotion has just you know it's crazy. Um, we didn't do it. We're not you know we're not here for the money because if we were doing it for money. You're doing the wrong thing. Don't don't be a musician. Don't play in a band if you think you're going to earn money. You know, there's probably what one percent of metal bands that make anything. If that, so, yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, it was just yeah. It's, it hasn't changed us particularly at all. It's just enabled us to get to a bigger audience. 
Yeah, and that's great. What, what about the what about parts like? Um, because oh, I want to ask about the significance of the album artwork. So what about things like that? Like all I see is the front cover. Is is it? And <clears throat> I assume based on everything you've done before that it was just kind of here's what we want as the cover art, and that's what it is. Was that still the same thing here? Uh, yeah, because it was all done. It was all done and dusted. Oh, packaging so when, and everything. Yeah, when E one comes to us, they were like, right. So we'll give you, you know, we'll enable you to get to artists, and we're like, no, it's done. Oh, right, okay. Um, Oh, yeah, but we can... No, no, it's, that's done as well. You know, it was everything was done. It was ready to go. So they were like, okay, right, fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, so it was probably one of the easiest signings I've ever had, I would think. Yeah, but, and that, may, that might explain why you were able to get it out within a year of recording it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a few to and fro's. The original... The original... Um, uh, the original recordings had some samples on it and we had to go back and take them out because it was going to cost an absolute fortune to do (laughs) yeah it was ridiculous like when you hear the numbers that they were wanting to do these samples it was just like no it's just not worth i'm not going to ask you what the numbers are can you tell me what the samples were um it was um one off gummo which is a little independent film, I presume, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there was one off... Um, oh. oh, my God. Twin Peaks, The Return. So if anyone's seen Twin Peaks, The Return, there's a guy on it who's like this weird, dark figure. I don't know. And he ends up crushing this guy's head. In a radio studio, <laughs> uh, but he's quoting this thing about um, a horse, and it was yeah. This is the um, anyway. Yeah, I can't remember because we'll probably get some copyright. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had to take that off as well, which we were absolutely gutted about. But um, I ended up having to go in my like laundry room and um, scream some different lyrics into my phone and send it to the guy who originally recorded us. No studios in Manchester, Joe Clayton, and he was—he had to like mess about with it, and then Plotkin had to remaster it. So it took—it took a you know maybe another month to get you know the the final mixes back and everything that was happy with and and everything that E1 was happy with. But yeah, that was that was the only messing about that we had to do, I suppose. So. Well, that's interesting because I don't think you would have, I mean, you wouldn't have had to do that if if you were just releasing it on the small scale and it likely would never have been caught. But if it had, you oh, might yeah. have been fucked. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. And, and E1 were honest with us. They just said, look, you, you can try, but we probably would advise you not to. Right. And, it, it you know, the, the, we're mixed into the, noise tracks and bits in between they weren't like a prime sample you couldn't hear them very clear but they were in there and we were going to have to put the credit on the album I think so it would have been then yeah down the line you think oh shit (laughs) yeah you don't want that so listening listening to the album which I've done a, a ton of times um the hiss, the opening track, 
is is really long and it and I remember when I was first listening, so I was like, what the fuck? What is, when does is this thing start? And then it goes, right? And then it goes. And then, and, and, and so I'm going to skip way ahead to the end. And then at the end, you have Long Rust, which yeah. is also really long and, and different from the rest of the record. The, the middle is like just this, everything in between is just like fast, right? We're just fucking much, kicking yeah. ass the whole way through. Um how important was the sequencing for all that? Because I, I mean, I, I can't imagine the record any other way. You know. So well, yeah, because you know, we're, we're list, that's how you know. I, I presume every band sits down and goes through the tracks and goes, right, we'll have that, 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 and you know, points them out. Um, Plague was a similar sort of ending to that. It was there was some slow tracks on Plague, um, and it finished with. I think Black Death is eight, nine minutes long, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but then we always like to just finish it. We like that idea of just finishing it with a doomier track, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just the way it works out. But the hiss was done. James, our guitarist, um, he's had that in his head. He's wanted to do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And because we were in the studio for five days, it enabled us to, to capture it and do it what justice he wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, and, and, the yeah, it's, it's, it was written as, um, as also a live intro, I suppose we would play that, you know, when, when we get chance, if we get chance, you know, a, a big enough stage to play it and come onto it, I suppose. Well, what, like when I say it's, when I say it's long, I don't mean, I don't mean that as criticism. I just meant it's a, it's a good yeah, it is. But every, it's like a tension builder, you know. Yeah, it is exactly that's it, and that's why it's mixed different as well. So it's it's we did it intentionally, so it's mixed down. People then go, "What the fuck's this?" We'll turn it, turn the you know, turn the amp up, and then oh shit, yeah, they're dive across the room to turn it back down if they you know it's it's a you know we've done it to trick people as well I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> Well, for, for the, the, this album, and I'm sure you, you're totally aware of this, um, has a has a very miserable feel, right? And the lyrics that I can that I can get out of it seem pretty miserable too. For, are you? Do you handle all the lyrics? Pretty you know much. Yeah. Well, to be fair, this one was a, there's a a bit more input from the rest of the you know the rest of the band. Um, this one is it's, it has got its dark moments on it. <laughs> do, it's do, not. It, and to be fair, though, it's not as dark as Plague. Plague, I'd gone through a lot of mental stress and a lot of situations and stuff, and and Plague was a is a really dark album. That's why I never, I didn't, I don't divulge much about my lyrics really. Mm-hmm. And that was because they're so bloody personal that you know people yeah. if the people get something out of them, then they get some out of them. But you know most of them are are really heartfelt lyrics on the last one this one is a little bit more easier i suppose um there's a couple of yeah we're not we're not a politically charged band but this one has a you know a couple of little digs at you know your orange friend and our (laughs) stupid straw head friend um it's hard to write something that doesn't these days you know or it did back then yeah yeah but you know it was you cannot ignore stupid people in charge yeah yeah 
And, you know, whatever your political views are, whether you agree with it or not, then, you, you know, <laughs> you've, you've got to be really crafty with what you say nowadays, aren't you? And, and you know, there is elements of people, you know, believing that orange people are better than, you know. Do you know what I mean? There are ideologies and stuff, but, I, you know, I can't. I, being from, like, a, an open-minded background there's you know i can't i can't agree with everything that he says but then you know you've got to you've got to let other people have their ideas as well so yeah i i I think it sounds like you and i feel pretty similar similarly about about all that Mm. and um yeah it's hopefully we don't we don't need to write much more shit like that uh coming up but who knows (laughs) we might be stuck for a round two (laughs) in the near future Uh, (laughs) so so for you with with the Leave the ashes of the earth. Leave me the ashes of the earth. Um, what's the most exciting part about releasing this record for you? Um, the most exciting part would it's it, just just getting it out and seeing the response. Yeah. Just seeing, you know, on a on a far bigger scale, just seeing what we get back off it, um, what interest people see. What you know, other people take from it, because it is a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say easy listening because it's not easy listening, <laughs> but you know, it's just a a more accessible album. I think. Do you do so, you find yourself having to um, temper expectations at all? Because this is going to get a much bigger blast than yeah. anything you've done well, before. Well, no, because we've got no expectations. Okay. Being from a, a, a self-deprecating. <laughs> Um, you know, the, 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 I suppose the English are very good at being very um, reserved. Right. <laughs> so when it comes out and it does what it does, that's what it's doing. It'll do what it does. <laughs> and and if, if we get praise, great. If people hate it, then tough shit. We still enjoy doing it. That's right. I think that's a good attitude to have. Well, you, with the record coming out, and I don't know what the situation is over there. I don't even know what the fucking situation is over here right now. Are you guys, <laughs> are you guys playing shows or are you looking for, are you booking we, tours? Are you doing any of that yet? We've played three shows. So the first one was about two months, three months ago. It was a socially distanced gig. Yeah. Biggest room we've ever played. Um, it was like a two and a half thousand cap venue, but there was only, <laughs> I think it was 130 people in there, which is weird. Luckily, the lights were bright enough not to, you know. But for 15, you know, it was 15 months since playing the last gig. Right. And um, it was it was a blowout. <laughs> uh, yeah, I come off there and I couldn't speak for two days. So it was just, yeah. Um, but then we played, we played another gig about a month ago. Um, and people are still wary, or were still wary about going out. It was right on the end of the lockdowns. Mm. People were still a bit like, mm, should I, shouldn't I? We've got this pinging system where you you had to isolate if you got, you know, being near anyone with like right. a corona. But then we played last Saturday, and people went fucking nuts. They just were like, you know, everybody was on top of everybody. It was hugging. It was it was just it was how gigs should have been, you know. Or I gladly back to being sorry. Should I yeah. say? Is there, 
with the release of this, is there any, or maybe, I don't know, whatever position you guys are in personally, but is there plans to tour at all for you guys, or is this just one step uh, at a time? We've got, we've got, sorry, I'm just going to, it's just bloody moved. Um, we've got a tour in October, and which is a UK tour, uh, with our pals in Caligram. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them, yeah. but they're, they're on, yeah, so... They're absolute the best boys, blackened death sort of whatever um, noise. Yeah, it's pretty similar to us. Um, and then we have other stuff in the pipeline for le- or early on next year. We've got a few little gigs and stuff, but we just we've got to see how this album pans out for everybody. And and you know, E One have said when this ends, they'd love us to come to the states. Um, which would be a dream come true, right? Uh, you know, if if I got to step onto a plane because of something I've shouted, I, I'm, you know, I'm more, more than you know over the moon with that. So um, we shall see what happens with that. Uh, we've got to wait, for, I suppose, for borders and stuff to open up a bit more and a bit more normality to come back, and because there's no point in wasting our money on. Getting there and finding out we're going to do two shows and yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. here and then you got to isolate for two weeks and then you got yeah. yeah no but that's great about what you said about just even the idea that you can step foot that you could the idea that you could step foot on a yeah. plane to go is great I yeah. I did a or a boat or anything do you know what I mean it's just, yeah. yeah 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 that's 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 awesome and it's a like you you and I both know playing being fans of this type of music. Uh, expectations, like you said, are, are low. They're minimal. It's yeah. you, you know the there's, heights. There's <laughs> done this and failed, and how many bands? You know, it's just you, you do it for the enjoyment and you know having a bit of a laugh with your pals, and and that should be all you ever do. And if if it does what it's doing with us, and it's taking off a little bit more, then great. You know, it's 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, I think I hope you guys get to do that. I hope you get to come over here and play. It's funny how everybody from here wants to go over there, and everybody from there wants to come over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, they released um, the Damnation Festival, which is I think there's like Ministry, Converge, Pig Destroyer, yeah. Elder, uh, Paul Bearer. It's all the American bands that I think have been wanting to play for the last two years, and yeah. <laughs> So. That's 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 awesome, but uh, the okay. Right, so let's let's do some last minute details here that we've already said before, but I want to make sure we have them right. Leave me the ashes yeah. of the earth comes out on E1 Music on September 10th, right? So that's just next Friday. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So is our um, our records expected to be available then? Yeah, uh, I believe so. There's a we've we've seen a picture of somebody who has one. <laughs> So we haven't even got one yet. Um, there is, yeah, we, our, I think our bass player's got tapes, so which is cool. They're nice. They're really good. I think we were one of the first bands that anyone risked doing tapes on because we've done tapes, you know, previous. So we have sold a few. They haven't done, you know, they've done, I think they've done a limited run of like 50, but yeah. So, yeah, the vinyl should be ready to go. Pre-orders have been up for two three months now i think so nice. like, oh fingers crossed 
Awesome. Well, hey, Jim, I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting to do this. I'm glad you're getting to do it on this scale. The awesome, the record is awesome. Like I said, I've been listening to it a ton. Um, well, and uh, I hope everybody else likes it as much as I do. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. It's late as shit over there.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Jim of Mastiff. The song you just heard was off of Leave Me the Ashes of the Earth. It's called Repulse. There's a video for that one as well. Go on the internet and figure it out yourself. But but the, the whole album will be available this Friday on E1 Music. I highly suggest checking it out if you haven't already. And go buy it. It is available almost anywhere. And you can stream it literally everywhere. You can stream it from under your bed, I bet. Go give it a try. I want to encourage you to check out uh, gettingitout.net in the very near future. The very, 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 very near future. There will be something there for you. Um, until then, they'll just be the same page that's been there for two years. But in the very near future, there will be something there for you. Anyway, I should thank Jim again for taking the time to have that conversation. I thank you for taking the time to listen. And I especially thank the Patreon subscribers for taking the time to donate some money to keep uh, the Getting It Out podcast system rolling. I also want to thank the people who have so far donated to the Skid Row Garage GoFundMe. Uh, that thing is up to almost uh, 34000 or maybe a little more. Uh, and I appreciate that because that is near and dear to my heart. So uh, please keep doing that. Uh, much appreciated. And um, I think that mostly is going to be it for this week. Before we end this one, I want to encourage you to go to Instagram and follow at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast for everything that I'm up to. And I'm going to leave you with one song from Lotus Thrones. The song is called Diametric Retrograde off of the Lovers in Wartime record. Uh, it's a solo project by Heath Rave. You might know him as the drummer of Wolfhammer. Um, it's uh, got a whole bunch of influences. You can pick out which ones you hear and which ones you appreciate. But I want to leave you with this. I don't want to set it up too much. I just want you to hear it and appreciate it and make what you will of it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Getting It Out Podcast. Bye-bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 